When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain down I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man I don't know what that even means I just want you in my arms again And we can search each other's dreams What's up, Threebies? What's up, Diamond Dogs? This is Rhea Butcher, the host of this here podcast, Three Swings, which is a podcast about baseball, but also a podcast about other things. Those other things this week are probably baseball this time. I'm still chipping away at my gummy bear collection, which I will be admit that they are not all bears. Some of them are peaches. Which are my favorites. I forgot about those. I really love those a lot. I hope everybody had a really good week. I um, went to a Dodger game last night. And I had a good time with a friend. Good pal. Somebody that I've known for a while. But haven't really had a ton of one-on-one hang time. That wasn't just talking in a yard while our dogs played. Which is a good hang time too. But it was nice to like do an activity with this person. That activity happened to be baseball. Didn't realize they were a huge baseball fan. They they were at one point in their life. They're just like out of it now. But back in, I think I recruited them for my baseball team. Uh, Let's see. I got a hit, finally. I mean, I'll say this. Most of the season, I haven't been striking out, which is positive, you know? But uh, I've been... Not getting on base a lot, which is not positive and very frustrating. I would say that I was, uh, you know, Chris, what's his name? Why can't I I'm doing the podcast and I can't think of his name? Davis. Uh, I was Chris Davising around, you know, just like a lot of pop-ups and a lot of ground ball outs. And I finally got a hit and it was a double. It was a dang double. And it was to left field. I never hit to left field. I can't say that now. I rarely hit to left field. So, turns out if you just keep doing it, eventually it turns around. Sometimes it takes the whole time. Sometimes it just takes till August. So yeah, I've pretty much given up on winning any part of my fantasy baseball league that is points I'm uh, down by 40 points which has been the case every week I'm down 40 points every week so I've kind of given up on that Um, that was I've known I I don't think I'm going to come in last but I'm I'm, it's pretty bad it's pretty embarrassing but also like who cares it's fantasy baseball and it means nothing about me as a person (laughs) Uh, my categories league is a lot closer than I'd like it to be it's I'm only winning by one it's 5-4-1. One. 
So, I mean, that would be funny if I was like second place all year and I got kicked out I, and I lost in the first round. Stranger things have happened for sure. It's not uh, beyond the scope of, beyond the realm of possibility, you know? Um. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. What else is going on in my life? I'm trying to figure my life out. I don't know. Anybody else relate to that? Don't have to get it figured out today. So that's a relief. I will say that my team was very happy for me when I got that hit, which was such a great feeling. Because I was like, I wasn't like losing my temper and like throwing my shit around. I just like threw my helmet like, God damn it. I was just really frustrated. <laughs> and like I'd gotten to a point last season where I was like, you're not doing this anymore. Because I had a game and it was actually against the same team that we played this week. Um, I had a game where like, I don't know what even happened. I don't even remember, but something happened that I didn't want to have happen. And I took my helmet and I like walked away from the field. I was trying to not, I was trying to not have an outburst. And I walked away from the field and I just, I took my helmet and I, I like was holding it on the sides and I just threw it straight down and I threw it right at my foot and the brim of the helmet, which is hard plastic pointed right into my big toe and hit my big toe so hard I thought I maybe like broke my toe and I was like you can't do this anymore this isn't this isn't what like it's not even like this isn't what adults do many adults do that it's not what like healthy adults do and so then I stopped doing that and I started playing a lot better because I just was like positive and letting things go. But that only lasts so long, you know? Um, unless you make big, huge changes. So that got me through that season. And now I've gotten to this place where I've made a lot of changes and I've had a lot of shifts where like I don't have to uh, necessarily like make a large effort to be like positive and blah, blah, blah. Like for them, I've shifted away in such a major way that it's like my, I'm not even walking up the same path to the thing, if that makes sense. So the other day when I like hit my helmet on the fence, I was, it was out of pure exasperation, not anger, even though I was throwing F-bombs around or whatever. Um, so it felt good to get that hit and to get a hit to left field, which I never do. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many other things I could say, but I don't want to put them on record, you know, ever feel that way. There's things you want to tell people, but you don't want to say it. Mm. Ain't that the truth? We'll be back right after this with some baseball rundowns of the week. All right, this week we're doing a deep dive on one player. And guess who that player is? It's Mike Trout. The biggest overlooked but constantly talked about player. <laughs> he feels like, uh, I don't know who I could even compare him to. Everybody knows he's so good. Nobody's bored of him. But he's also just like, he's on the angels. So nobody pays any attention. It's sad, but also, I don't know, one of these years, you know? He deserves to be in the playoffs, but it's like, it's just not going to happen. 
In a testament to his consistency, we haven't talked about Mike Trout much this year on three swings, despite the fact that the 28-year-old is in the middle of the best season of his Hall of Fame career. See? The runaway AL MVP favorite already has a career high in home runs with 42 and is on track for career highs in slugging percentage at 660. That's how you usually say it in baseball. An OPS of 1.1. Runs 130, RBI 123, walks 126, and total bases at 359. The stat that has always been Trout's true measure of greatness is wins above above replacement, which is war. That's a sabermetric. He leads the majors again this year with 8.3 wins above replacement, making him the 15th position player in MLB history with at least six, eight-win seasons. He's also on pace to become just the fourth to put up four 10-win seasons, joining Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, and Rogers Hornsby. I feel like I almost understand this. Earlier this week, Trout also surpassed Jarek Dieter. Jarek Dieter? Okay. Leave that in, please. Derek Jeter's career war of 72.4. It took Jeter 20 years to accumulate that number. Trout is in his ninth season. Man. So the, this stat is what you replace them with the average player and or you replace the average player with Mike Trout and you win 8.3 more games. But despite his individual success, the Angels are 12 games back in the wild card race and unlikely to make the playoffs for the fifth consecutive year. That's more than half of his seasons. The only playoff games on Trout's resume are the three games that the Angels played against the Royals in the 2014 American League Division Series. Is Trout's lack of postseason playing time, much less postseason success, an asterisk on his individual accomplishments? It's hard for me to say that they would be an asterisk, but the asterisk is in your mind. You know? It's almost like he's going to have this long Bo Jackson career where, like, you know, Bo Jackson had this, like, short, huge career where he was doing outlandish things, and then he he was gone. But it's almost like for Trout, he's already, like, gone because he's not playing on this level where we're all paying attention. You know, the reason why everybody could say, oh, he shouldn't get paid this much because nobody would recognize him at the mall... Well, number one, nobody would really recognize any most Major League Baseball players at the mall. That's the point of Major League Baseball. But also, he doesn't play in the postseason. And that's the time when everybody watches baseball. At least games five or, uh, you know, four through seven of the World Series. And if you don't ever make it to the World Series, nobody really knows who you are. And I do think that, like, if we're talking about deserving of something or should be or shouldn't be, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Absolutely. But he plays for a team that's just never going to, not never. He plays for a team that's going to be in the position that they're in this season more often than not. They spent all the money on him. What are they going to do? But who knows? Stranger things have happened. I don't think there's going to be like an asterisk on his career. There's plenty of people in the Hall of Fame who have never played in a postseason or like in many post postseason games so i mean for me it doesn't make a difference but i do know that i see him i don't think of him all the time 
And it's because he plays for the Angels and he doesn't play in the postseason, which is nuts. And then uh, bench coach Brett follows up with how does winning, particularly World Series wins, factor into your evaluation of a player's career? For example, even though Trout moved past Jeter in war this week, is it possible to make the argument for Trout as the better player because of Jeter's postseason success? I mean, it depends on your metric. That's the hard thing is that like this is where you lose sabermetrics people. Or this is where you lose people who care don't care about sabermetrics or vice versa, whatever. How much ultimately does war actually... Honestly, there's a chance, I will make the argument, that there's a chance that Trout will end up in a, in a better... What if, what if Mike Trout showed up in the World Series and he played like shit? Because the World Series is a lot different than Wednesday afternoon in Detroit. And I'm not, this is not to diminish Mike Trout. I'm just saying, what if? We're we're talking about like, well, he's not this, he's not that. It's like, yeah, what if he showed up in the World Series and he stunk? There's a chance that him not showing up in the World Series allows for us to never see Mike Trout stink. So this week we've got a week of records and milestones. The t- the Tigers had a historic upset. They pulled off a historic upset on Wednesday night when they beat Justin Verlander in the hometown Astros 2-1. to The Astros were a negative 560 favorite to win. I don't know how these odds... I don't understand. Uh, making this the most lopsided upset in the last 15 years and quite possibly the biggest upset in MLB history. This comes just two weeks after the Baltimore Orioles beat Verlander in the Astros despite being the Astros... Despite... The Astros being negative 420 favorites. Nice. Um, I don't really know how like betting odds work and stuff like that. So I'm going to assume those are those are big numbers and in the favor of the Astros. And we talked last week about the Astros being favorites and everything. And so these are two games that give you a really great look at what I was talking about, which is nothing is a lock. You know, you can't. This is what I love about baseball. There are odds. Most of the games fall in the odds favor. But every now and then. It just doesn't. So I told somebody recently, like ever since, so I think in December of 2015, I said that the 26 World Series, 2016 World Series would be Chicago versus Cleveland. And I was right. And that's the last time I've been able to make a prediction. I just knew that was what it was going to be. And then that's what it ended up being. But ever since then, and some of it's me paying more attention to all of it. And some of it's me. Because in 2015, those were the two teams I was paying attention to. So I believed them to be the best because I also paid the most attention to them. It wasn't because I was watching, you know, I, I like pay more attention to more of baseball now. And so it's harder for me to make a prediction because I'm like, well, this team, that team, blah, blah, blah. You know? But I will say that these two Verlander upsets are very telling of the fact that the Astros are not, like, unbeatable. They're very beatable. And uh, I don't think they'll be cheating as much this time around. So, (laughs) they were stealing signs. Don't yell at me, Astros fans. I love you. Speaking of Astros fans, I will be in Houston 
on uh, Friday the 13th in September. I'll be in Austin on September 12th. I'll be in Houston on September 13th. And then I'll be in New Orleans on September 14th, which is a Saturday. And then on September 15th, I'll be in St. Louis. The week before that, I'll be uh, in Salt Lake City on the 5th of September. On the 6th of September, I'll be in Boise, Idaho uh, for the 208 Comedy Fest, which I was supposed to be in last year and had to had to cancel because of a work opportunity that came up that I had to take. And then I'll be in Portland for the XOXO Fest giving a talk, which I have not written yet. So that's going to be interesting. I'm going to try to work on it this weekend. It's coming up pretty soon, and I had a lot of time to write it. This is how I work, though. I don't really write something and then rewrite it and then re- it's like I write it and then usually I don't even write it but this time I'm going to write it so I've got those dates coming up and then there's some more I'll, I'll also be at High Plains in uh, Denver this year um, that is I think the 26th through the 28th so you should come to those shows and like I said last week there's maybe going to be a live version of this podcast so we'll be right back after this with a little more baseball news and a little bit more Rosenberg. All right, we're getting back into it. Kershaw, Clayton Kershaw of the Los Angeles Dodgers surpassed Sandy Koufax in wins. On Tuesday, Kershaw earned his 166th career win surpassing Dodgers legend Sandy Koufax as the Dodgers beat the Blue Jays 16-3. Kershaw is now the fifth winningest pitcher in Dodgers history, trailing only Don Sutton, Don Drysdale, Dazzy Vance, and Brickyard Kennedy. Now that's a name. But, as ESPN notes, Koufax, who dominated the first half of the 60s before arm injuries forced him to retire at age 30, is the enduring link when the topic of Dodgers pitching greatness is discussed. It's an honor for me just to be mentioned in the same sentence as Sandy, Kershaw said. What he was able to accomplish in his career, he would have gone a bit longer if he was playing today, probably, because he could have gotten healthy. Just a special thing, man. Really sad to think about all that possibility that didn't happen. I mean, it is what it is, and, like, here's the thing. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately... Out of like all those names, who do we talk about the most? Sandy Koufax. So he does get that. He gets that satisfaction. I he seems to be a guy who just loves the game and and doesn't uh, kick himself for any for not getting enough or doing enough or any of that. So I mean, just like congrats, Clayton. You know, um, great job. You're killing it. I also want to point out that the Dodgers now have. Seven walk-off home run wins this season. Um, And they trail only two teams. The 1995 Cleveland baseball team, which I witnessed one of those walk-off home runs. I I saw Sandy Alomar Jr.'s walk-off home run against the Detroit Tigers. I don't remember the date of the game, and I didn't look it up. But I was there, and it was one of the only times that I, like, my dad wanted to leave, and I was like, No! (laughs) <laughs> and he like listened there's rarely times that I ever put my foot down with my dad and that was one of them um and uh the other team I believe is the 20 
the 2000s it's the cardinals from the 2000s i can't remember what the year is <laughs> but uh yeah they have seven walk-off wins and then they walked it off again tonight uh they walked it off yesterday when i went to the game i missed the walk-off because i was like i gotta get up early and i left because that's just where i'm at in my life where i was like you know i'm not staying i think i went to so many games and i stayed for all of it that now i'm like i don't know i gotta go <laughs> it's weird i don't feel like less of a fan or anything it was kind of a cool experience because i was walking scott street feeling like a stranger and i passed the parking people and they had the game on in their thing and i could hear uh rick monday being like rex muncie has walked it off which was just like a cool city experience you know um so yeah, they have if they get two more this season in a home run walk-offs, not just walk-offs, they will tie the 1995 Cleveland team, which was a magical team, and that was a magical year that ended in losing the World Series as usual. So, just wanted to put that one out there cuz I liked that stat for the Dodgers. Um and then moving on to a different team, sorry O's fans, on Thursday at Camden Yards, the Baltimore Orioles surrendered their 259th home run of 2019, breaking a tie with the 2016 Reds for most homers allowed by a team in a single season. The record-breaking bomb came in the top of the third inning of Baltimore's game against Tampa Bay Rays when Austin Meadows sent a 1-2 curveball from O's starter Asher Wojciechowski over the right field wall for his 22nd home run. The silver lining? Baltimore is far from the only team giving up homers at a record rate this season. The Mariners, Angels, Yankees, and Phillies are also on target to surpass the 2016 Reds. It's the ball, and it's also happening. So, sorry to the Orioles fans for many reasons, uh, but this specifically is the one that we're covering, which is giving up the most home runs in a single season. Now, moving on to some more baseball, we've got the Pan American Women's Baseball Championship going on right now. Hopefully all of you already knew about this, but it's happening. The Pan Am Women's Baseball Championship is underway this week in Mexico. The Pan Am is a qualifier for the Women's Baseball World Cup, with its top four teams moving on to the international tournament to be held in late 2020, location to be announced. In opening day action on Tuesday, host nation Mexico debuted its women's its national women's team in dramatic fashion with a 16-0 no-hit victory over Nicaragua, who was also debuting its national team. Mexican pitcher Rosie Del Castillo nearly went perfect, surrendering just one walk in addition to no hits and no runs. Fantastic outing there. The U.S. team has been coasting through the tournament so far, including a statement-making 21-4 win over Canada on Wednesday. And if you remember last year, the U.S. lost to Canada to not medal in the World Cup last year. Canada, ranked number two in the world behind Japan, had no answer for the fourth-ranked Americans as they belted 23 hits and posted a pair of eight-run innings. Megan Baltzell and Brittany Shute each drove in five runs, and Alex Hugo had a home run and four RBI in the game. Canada fell to 3-1 and one at the eight-team tournament, while the U.S. improved to 4-0. and zero. The Pan Am tournament runs through this Sunday, August 25th. So tune in. Uh, you can follow the women's the national the U.S. women's national team on Twitter, and they post all the game information. There are usually feeds that you can watch the games. I would also recommend 
finding all the players and following them on Instagram because that's how I keep up with the games. And you also get to see a lot of their experience of the tournament and like them hanging out with each other and stuff. And it's pretty cool. I enjoy it a lot. It's really fun. Um, I'm really excited and stoked that that's going on. And I, yeah, it's very cool. Um, and guess what? We've got a single rosin bag question. I will ask you all once again to send me more rosin bag. I beg of you, send me some rosin bag questions. Uh, this is at Ryan Travels Eats. After being blown out by Cleveland, Aaron Boone said he would be in favor of some kind of mercy rule to protect position players from pitching. How do you feel about a professional mercy rule? Is there something else they can do? I'll take the second part first. I mean, there isn't anything else you can do. I mean, the here's the problem with the mercy rule. Then you never see what the the like endless potential for runs is in a baseball game. That's the only thing I don't like. And I mean, what what is a mercy number? 20 runs or something? I mean, like I don't know how you decide that because I don't know where the thing about baseball is that it's kind of like endlessly endurable. You know, like I I turned off the Dodger game tonight because I was like, oh, they're going to lose, which is so crazy. I don't know where I'm at with my fandom of it that I'm like, meh, they're going to lose. They don't. They typically walk it off. And like, I didn't listen. And I don't know why. And I think if there's a mercy rule, it sort of tends you towards that thing as opposed to like, possibility or like what is this game going to be like or something like that and so I don't know I also just think yeah I I don't know it's tough because I I understand like wanting to protect your pitchers and wanting to protect your position players but like I don't know I don't know because essentially if you put in a mercy rule on major league baseball you're putting a clock on the game you know because like you could just try to get all those runs and end the game that's, you know, that's what it starts to put in the water. If you hit that many, if you hit 20 and the game's over, you get the game done, go home. So while I like it in theory, because like, I don't, I don't want anybody to get hurt just because I don't know that it actually like works necessarily. So that's a lot of things. You know? That that applies to a lot of things. Like, it's great in theory, but I don't know how it actually works. So, I don't know. Vote for the the person who seems to be doing that the most. You know, I don't know who that is. Could be different for everybody, but that's who you should vote for. The person who's like, hey, seems great in theory, but here's how it's actually going to work. So, this has been Three Swings. I got you a nice little catch-up for your week, for your Friday listen. Um... I got two bye weeks in a row for my baseball team, which is perfect because I just got my swing tuned back up. So happy to lose it again. Try to get it back just in time for the playoffs, you know. Um, yeah, I uh, I feel good about it. I'm excited about the men's major league playoffs. I'm excited about all that. Please come out to those shows. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all. Really looking forward to doing the shows. Also, um, doing another round of shirts for Lockwood LA, uh, 30% of the profits benefit project Q. So, uh, we just did a new colorway of those, uh, gender identity, these, this planet pocket tees in like a garment dyed blue with a pink 
ink, which is basically, I was trying to like make it look like the trans flag, which I thought was pretty cool. And it's like a perfect colorway for the end of summer. So I highly recommend and uh, get one of those. Support a good cause. Um, They are local, but they are doing a lot for local businesses and outreach in the community. So it's a great shirt for a great cause. So pick one of those up. And, uh, you know, I'll be back next week with more baseball and life stuff. And uh, so, as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.